power to the pivot. That is my rallying cry, folks. Recently, during a client session, I shared that there's power in the pivot. And yeah, it sounds like something you might hear from a pro sports coach or dance choreographer, but this wisdom applies to non-athletes as well. I should know, I've had a few professional pivots in my day. These days, I spend hours each week coaching people through their own career-to-calling pivots. Check out my career-to-calling accelerator. Anyway, I get to help them identify how they define both fulfillment and success, what's present and missing in their lives, and what possibilities exist for them to move forward in a more fulfilling way. And together, we reach amazing results, including pivoting into an entirely new industry, finding a new role that uses all of your skills and pushes you to evolve beyond your imagination, realizing it's the right time to launch your business and getting your first clients, deciding to invest in your education and going back to school, or securing a higher salary and more leadership responsibility. This stuff is exciting. I want to say that in my Oprah voice. (laughs) This stuff is exciting. But wait, there's more. In addition to these outcomes, there's also deep personal growth that looks like increased courage, improved health, renewed zest, and maybe even the type of mindset that makes all the Twitter snark completely irrelevant. (gasps) Yeah, it's true. But this wasn't always my reality. And I sure could have used my own help nearly a decade ago. At that point, I'd had two careers, one as an academic teaching media studies and rhetoric in higher education, and one in marketing. Actually, my first job in marketing was (laughs) to market Haganaz ice cream, which is as delicious a job as you'd suspect. Seriously, I had daily access to free dulce de leche ice cream that was about five feet from my desk. (laughs) So tasty. My entire marketing career included working for a Fortune 500 company, a startup, and a middle market private business mostly in the lifestyles of health and sustainability space, aside from the ice cream, of course. Anyway, 10 years ago, I was feeling pulled in a new direction due to the health experiences of loved ones, but I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do next. I was more than a decade out of undergrad. I had already completed one grad degree, and I was considering a second one that, despite my bona fides in the health and wellness space, made it seem like... (laughs) I was back at square one. From there, it took me a few years in pivots to really define the clear path that I'm on today. Now, my situation isn't unique, but there are a few insights I've gleaned that may be of value to you. So that's what we're diving into in this episode of Bullshift, how making a career to calling pivot can change your life for the better. Welcome to Bullshift, the podcast for every person aged 35 to 55 who wonders, is this as good as life gets? Bullshift teaches you how to apply coaching psychology, 
early midlife insights, and the art and science of a meaningful life to transform this life phase into a period of creativity and growth. We spend nearly half our adult lives in some type of transition. This show is about making all that time more satisfying. My name is Megan Krause, and as a nationally board-certified well-being coach, a modern midlife maven, and the chief bullshifter, I'm delighted you're here. Today, we're diving into key insights about making career pivots. And I'm doing this for two reasons. First, I'll share perspectives and resources that might support you through your own career pivot. And second, we need to normalize mid-career pivots because too often, these types of change are perceived as failures, to which I say, oh, hell no. Like I said in the opener, there's power in the pivot especially in the career pivot. You'll be experiencing many different types of transitions in your life, personal, physical, professional, and more. The average adult faces 30 to 40 disruptors in their life, which is basically a pace of one disruptor every 12 to 18 months. And for every 10 of them, one will be a major life quake. And we typically have three to five life quakes during our life. So buckle up, baby. Of all of these types of transitions, our professional transitions seem to have the greatest urgency for us, which is what so many of my clients and just people at large are saying. And that actually surprised me initially, but when I think about it, it makes sense. We spend roughly a third of our lives at work. And so professional transitions can be both nerve-wracking, yet also hold tremendous promise. Did you know the number of jobs the average person has is 13? 13. It's liberating to hear this, isn't it? Because for too long, we've been obsessed with comparing ourselves to an out-of-date ideal, contributing to our confusion, discontent, and exhaustion, and shitting all over ourselves for not living up to the fallacy. So you know what I like to say? I do the research so you don't have to. Well, if you dive into the research of life transitions, you'll learn that these experiences actually typically move you toward what matters most, whether it's a calling, a relationship, your health, or some other aspect of your life. One of my favorite experts on life transitions is Dr. Viktor Frankl, author of Man's Search for Meaning, which is one of my favorite books about kind of the big questions of life and really coaching. Viktor Frankl once said, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we're challenged to change ourselves. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Between stimulus and response, there's a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response, lies our growth and our freedom. So beautiful and poignant and profound. On the one hand, it's like, thanks a lot for the added pressure, Dr. Frankel. Do you not know the global shit show we've been in for the last year? On the other hand, I like a good pep talk. What he's basically saying is that your task, if you choose to accept it, and you gotta, is to make your own meaning. 
You see, the difference between your fulfillment and your frustration is how well you manage the challenge of making meaning in your life. And while there's no single formula, there is a growing body of know-how to make this process easier. Yep, a century after Viktor Frankl first placed the burden on us to determine what gives us meaning, we have more guidance and tools than ever to answer this call. You know I'm always dropping the research, right? Plus, I like a set of three. It makes things easier to remember. So today I'm sharing three sets of three uh, because I'm feeling generous. Is it my post-fax optimism shining through? Well, you can learn more about what I'm going to share in a book called Life is in the Transitions by Bruce Feiler. For now, just picture or visualize a three-by-three grid or framework. The first row or set of three ways to make meaning are the primary levers to pull in your life called the ABCs. A stands for agency, you know, the autonomy, your freedom, creativity, and mastery that you experience. It's this belief that you can, in fact, affect the world around you. The B stands for belonging. This includes the relationships, the friends, the community, the family, the people that surround and nurture you. And C stands for cause, a calling, a direction or purpose. And this is the transcendent commitment beyond yourself that makes your life worthwhile. The second row or set of three ways to make meaning are the principal stories to tell. There's the me story, the we story, and the the story. So the me story is the one in which we're the hero or creator. We exercise agency and in return feel fulfilled. The we story is the one in which we're part of a community, a team, a family. We belong to a group and in turn feel needed. And the the story is the one in which we're serving an ideal or a cause or a calling where we give ourselves to others and by extension feel part of something larger. The final row or set of three ways to make meaning are the prevailing life shapes that we choose. These shapes represent something essential about how we view ourselves, and they're basically clues to the priorities we hold most dear. So those shapes include lines, circles, and stars. The lines are the shapes of our lives that reflect some sort of trajectory, moving through time, rising and falling. And examples might be a river, a winding road, a zigzag, or a mountain range. Circles are the shapes that are more spatial in nature. These are enclosed shapes that have borders or outlines or walls. And examples might include a house, a heart, a bowl, a basket. And the stars are the shapes that are some sort of object. This might include a symbol, a butterfly, a cross, an infinity sign, a globe. And these buckets really correspond well to the ABCs of meaning and the stories that we tell ourselves. So think about the line. This corresponds to this notion of someone being more focused on their agency. They might be more work or achievement oriented. And in this case, the me story comes first. Think about the circle. This is really alluding to the sense of belonging. So this person might be more relationship oriented. And in this case, the we story is primary. Think about the star. In this case, 
The person might be more cause-focused, more oriented toward their beliefs. This might look like saving the world or serving others. And in this case, the the story is paramount. Well, we're constantly weighing these elements in response to life events. And we tend to prioritize one element over the other. And this is really a core construct in psychology. We also have a secondary priority and a tertiary priority. So I really appreciate the visuals that these frameworks offer. But even more important, I appreciate how they illustrate that there's no singular answer or no right way, that what creates fulfillment is highly individualized. You know, there's no mass-produced purpose, (laughs) no matter what that friend who joined an MLM company tries to tell you. Okay, friends, it's time for another installment of what I call What I Learned About, where I share stories from my own life that can offer perspective about the topic at hand. Today, I am sharing... What I learned about career pivots from that time I went back to grad school, not once but twice. Oh, and also worked in Fortune 500 startup, mid-sized, and large enterprise settings, and then ventured solo. Say that five times fast. (laughs) So we're going to review the key themes or insights from my career pivots, because I know that you'll likely experience them too. Specifically, I'll share five meaning-making steps to take. Step number one, acceptance. Acceptance with salary and schedule changes are so important. Actually, acceptance in all areas of life is crucial. It's the practice that has the greatest positive effect on our life satisfaction, yet it's the habit we practice least. That's my little PSA I like to share as often as I can. Okay, back to the salary cut. I knew I'd be taking a huge salary cut in going back to school and also when launching my own business, at least initially. This might not be the case for everyone, but I chose to prioritize my professional alignment over making money, especially in the short term. I'd been making a healthy salary and decided it was worth giving it all up to pursue my most fulfilling work. However, this meant budgeting more carefully, changing my living situation, and adjusting my expectations about how I'd spend my money and time. And as a global travel enthusiast, this was not a light decision. But I'm so glad I did it. Here's the takeaway. When you can make acceptance an active daily practice, your overall life satisfaction will soar. Step number two, deconstruction. Embracing transition is so necessary. In my case, it wasn't a sudden spark of clarity that led me to my career in coaching and teaching and speaking. Instead, it was a set of 10, I think. I I tried counting it, 10 smaller pivots that ultimately oriented me in this direction, which means that to allow these pivots to happen without derailing your efforts, you'll need to make time for personal growth and reflection without an explicit goal in mind. This can be challenging because you are living in a hyper-focused world, especially in the US, that's really just so extra about conflating our self-concept or identity with our careers. But this really is a false frame, and it can narrow your beliefs about who you are and what's possible for you. So here's the takeaway. Know that shedding your old mindsets is required and can be facilitated by ritualizing your transition. Step number three, structured creativity. 
When making a career pivot, you're going to need to open yourself up to trying new experiences, which can seem uncomfortable. And because of this discomfort, you'll likely want to avoid certain steps. So you're going to want to be intentional about creating structure for yourself to both be creative and to hold yourself accountable to the things that may bring discomfort. And here's the big takeaway. When you can establish this intention, whether supporting yourself with a more morning movement session, maybe having an accountability partner or something else, you'll be better equipped to make your pivot possible, no matter when you experience a motivational dip, which is just inevitable. Step number four, connection. Seek wisdom from others, such as formal and informal mentors, as well as a career and life coach like me. When I considered my own pivots, I reached out to various people I admired or people I was intrigued by to learn more about my desired industry. And these conversations were crucial to discovering new opportunities. Additionally, I worked with a coach who really kept me honest about what mattered most to me and how to make it happen. She helped me distill my purpose and set a vision and goals and then create the success architecture that would lead me to today. Most importantly, she was a wise guide who reflected back to me, kind of as a neutral party, the desires and goals that she heard me speaking about, even the ones that I wasn't necessarily conscious of. So here's the takeaway. You're going to need intentional connection with mentors and or a coach to interrogate the impact you most desire and to really define your most viable, feasible, and desirable pathways forward. And step number five, identity. This one's a biggie. Fundamentally, it's really difficult for us to do anything that doesn't align with our self-concept, which means you're going to need to consciously reestablish your identity outside of your current job or career. If I didn't teach in higher ed, was I still smart? (laughs) Absolutely. If I didn't work in well-being, innovation, and marketing, would I still be considered a visionary? For sure. But it also took me months of intentional thought work to believe in my knowledge and skills and capacities that titles and corporate affiliations can tend to fast track. So here's the takeaway. You'll need to be proactive in actually composing a fresh story for yourself. Today, with many pivots under my belt, including formal study and training from top programs in adult development psychology, coaching science, integrative healing, and more, I have launched my private coaching practice. I've worked with hundreds of people on their own life pivots and thousands of people on their broader well-being goals. And most importantly, I've created a fulfilling professional life that nurtures my health, my spiritual and personal development and my relationships. And to be clear, this ain't no humble brag. I celebrate my life every day and I'm pretty loud about it, but I think we all ought to be. And so I really share this to tell you that you can do this too. If you're seeking greater professional fulfillment, maybe a higher salary, a more harmonious life, more inspiration, energy, and passion, perhaps opportunities to learn and grow, or something else outside your current reality, then your career-to-calling pivot awaits you. I'm going to be sharing more about how to know if the time is right for you to 
pursue your calling in the coming weeks. And I'm so excited to be relaunching the Career to Calling Accelerator in just a few weeks, which will guide you in creating your most fulfilling work. If you want to make sure you're up to date on all these resources and the program launch, please learn more and get your name on the early access list over at megancrousey.com. As always, feel free to connect with me via social media for any insights or questions that this episode has stimulated for you, because I really love hearing from you directly, and I'm excited to continue down this path of learning and growth alongside you. So thanks for joining me today, and I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning into Bullshift. If you're loving what you're learning in the podcast and you want to create your own bullshift, then you need to check out megancrousey.com forward slash bullshift. If you haven't already, subscribe to Bullshift on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to connect with me on Instagram at megan underscore Krause. Let's connect next week.